Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are, the all-city, all-NFL podcast, Baldy Cuz. And uh, all right, here we are, man. We got a full slate ahead yeah. of us. Uh, power games. Power games deciding seedings and playoffs and, you know, which team can just take a step up, which team gets slapped down, like who's for real. Like all this stuff is, gets revealed. All right, so we got uh, a couple of great games, too. Uh, Rams-Baltimore we'll get to. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Bills-Chiefs. Yep. But the crown jewel, again, involves the Eagles. Three weeks in a row, they've had the crown jewel. They've mm-hmm. had the— Four I, weeks in a row. Yeah. Going back to going well, back actually, Dallas. five weeks in a row. Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, yep. San Francisco, and now Dallas. And now Dallas. Now, this could be interesting because this is the rematch of what we saw in Philadelphia. And remember that game. It was a great game. Eagles get out. The Eagles look like they had control of the football game. Mm-hmm. Dallas came back. And if Dak doesn't step out of bounds— if they run a, a better run. over, like get right. a better rub route, and yeah. he's in the end zone on fourth and one. Like yeah, that game turned out to be a sweat, a great football game. So the rematch takes place, Jerry World. So let, let's let's talk about. It. Obviously, the Eagles need this one coming off of the getting drubbed, just from a kind of a mental standpoint. How, how did go into this, Baldy, for a second? When you mm-hmm. lose a game like that. And, again, it's only their second loss, mm-hmm. right? So you lose a game like that. What does it do to you mentally in the manner in which you lost at home? Well, I mean, you, you have to adopt a mentality that um, these are all just one-game seasons. And you have to flush that game. I mean, win or lose, you have to flush it. You have to get out of your I mean, I believe in watching it and learning from the mistakes and learning from what you can – learning from your – you're like to me. It's it's it, you have to correct the issues. They didn't run the ball well. They didn't run it on first down. They didn't give Brian Johnson a reason to run it on second down. So you gotta and you know they didn't cover well. So you gotta fix the breakdowns and you have to correct these things. And I I believe in looking at it, studying it, and trying to correct those things so that if it happens again, like you're prepared. So I mean. Part of it too was the matchups, right? Like the, the you know they couple you know like on defense. I mean, look, the Eagles' back seven was outmanned. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, you know, they just had a really difficult time competing. So now you come back and Dallas moved the ball late on them a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you see the matchup, Prescott, who's having such a great year against you know you know it's interesting. Back seven? Like in that game, the Eagles did sack Dak Prescott five times. Yeah. Now since then. In the last four games, he's been sacked a total of four times. So, you know, whether it's Terrence Steele who got beat, you know, by – it's no knock. I mean, you put you put Terrence Steele on an island against Hassan Reddick or Brandon Graham, like it's it's going to be iffy if he can hold up for three, four, five seconds. So, you know, but since then, you know, not just Terrence, but, you know, they've gone max protection at certain times. They've moved the pocket. Dak's movement has gotten really, really good at, you know, creating a second play beyond the X's and O's. And so, like, they've, they've they learned from that loss. They're better in the red zone than they were that night against the Eagles. So they've, they've made some corrections, and it showed, because they don't, they don't fool around with these bad teams. Washington, they put them away, and then they pile on. Uh, you know, so for Philadelphia, 
like they got a chance to reset, go, okay, we're not invincible. We're not just automatically number one seed. We got handed, we got it handed to. Um, you know, all the trash talking is just trash talking. That, does, that doesn't mean anything. So I think this is a big test for the Eagles if they can reset. And really, you know, I think Jalen has got to play. You know, he played great against Buffalo. He was really good, especially, you know, all the way in overtime. But I, I really think, you know, this is a game where Jalen has to assert himself. He's got to be really special. Well, and look, he played really well the first matchup mm-hmm. against Dallas. Last week was interesting because, you know, San Francisco kind of really flooded the zone. They only were rushing three or four. They spied them. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were trying to let let them throw it and kind of trying to short, you know really tighten their those coverage, windows. Their coverage was really good, and they mixed it up. They played really sticky man coverage, and the Eagles didn't do a good job of you know separating. They played some man coverage against some of their speedo route combinations that they ran, and Jalen was left holding the ball. And it wasn't that he wasn't didn't know what he's looking at. He had time. He stood there on a couple of occasions. No, there wasn't a lot open. Wasn't there wasn't you know much many places to th- to go with the ball, and so you know the Cowboys got exposed a little bit against Seattle. There was some. I'm sure AJ Brown saw what DK Metcalf did to Deron Bland. Cowboys adjusted in that game. So like, look, there's going to be opportunities to throw it. I, I I believe that this might be one of those games. It could start slow. But I believe this is one of those games that could turn into a track meet. Well, I, I mean, I, I got to believe it, right? Because a couple things. One, I, I think Dallas's offense is legit and mm-hmm. real. I, I mean, look, you can see the movement guys open. Ever since they got Cooks involved, which we talked about a mm-hmm. lot here, right? I mean, you know, you got Ferguson, who's, been, who's emerged as their tight mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. who's done well. And CD's just having the year of, the, of all years. But I still wonder about their defense. I, I mean, the fact that Seattle went up and down the field on them after getting shut down on Thanksgiving night uh, at home against San Francisco. Like, well, how do you both, reconcile I think, that? I think both organizations right now are really struggling at linebacker. You know, the Cowboys are playing a dime defense. They're playing Marquise Bell, um, you know, inside at linebacker, number 14. And... Um, you know, he's a ath- very athletic kid out of Florida A&M. He was at Maryland. You know, he had a transfer. But, you know, he was a free agent kid that's playing in there, and he's doing well. But I haven't really – you know, the teams that have beaten them this year, they ran the ball really well. Arizona ran for 220 yards against them. You know, San Francisco ran the ball well against them. Like, I believe that you really got to attack them in the run game. And you get a couple runs that work, whether it's – a counter tray, whether it's inside zone, mid zone, whatever. Like, I think you got to really challenge them in the run game. All right, well, let's talk about it because they have one of the greatest defensive players in the game in Micah Parsons, right? Now, they ran at him before, had some success last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how, how do you attack in the run game that Cowboy defense? Well, you know, they Dan Quinn, the defense coordinator, they move uh, – might go around quite a bit. I mean, he could be standing up, depending on down distance, mm-hmm. part in the field, part of the game. Um, they, they could play him at inside linebacker. They could play him in the A-gap. They could play him on the outside linebacker at either side. Uh, and so they they try to move him around so that you can't just key on him. And now he's running a lot of stunts. He's, li- he's lining up over the guards, wide over the guard to get the guard in space. Like, they've got a lot of different ways to try to free him up. But – you know, like I saw Lane Johnson this week, and he was sore from the game against San Francisco. He had a—in the loss, Lane had a great game going up against Bosa. Yeah. You know, a few times. You saw him, and he had Bosa in jail. Yeah. In Lane jail. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean— Johnson jail. So, you know, so I was saying, like, what, what are you sore from? He goes— holding that beast, man, like just grabbing onto him and trying to go inside him. I got my inside post that hand. arm bar, man. His arms, were like arms, hands, shoulders were sore. And it doesn't and, – and this week, if Mike is out over him, and they've gone up against each other for the last two years, not a lot, but they do go against each other, he knows that this is a completely different beast. And in some ways, no disrespect to Nick, in some ways it's almost more difficult. Because of his speed and his ability to change directions, like so lightning fast. And, you know, you just got to really, again, lock in, get off to good starts and get ready to dance. And look, Micah made a concerted effort this offseason. 
to get bigger and stronger. He gained 10 pounds, got stronger, so that his bull rush is more powerful this year than it has been. All right, let's go to the tape, and let's look at Micah in action. And this is the beast that's going to be let loose on Sunday night. Yeah, well, I mentioned that they move him around. Like, here he is. Like, Lane Johnson's pointing to his right right here. But here he comes. Like, he's attacking right here, right in the middle. All right, so there's Kelsey. There's, you know, at that time, uh, Tyler Steen. And he gets through there and gets to Jalen Hurts. Like, he split it. But his ability, like, again, they, they move him all over the place. Here he is against Jordan Malata here. And Malata's in good shape. He gets off to a good start. He's in good shape. He's inside out on him. And Micah gets that left hand down on a swipe. And now he's able to still dip on this angle right here, which is hard on Jordan Malata. He's six foot eight. He's underneath him right here. And look, Jalen, to his credit, he feels him without looking at him. Yeah. But, you know, like, like he's just going to be relentless. And he takes him down. Like that move is difficult. Oh, my God. That is. I mean, that is nasty. Look at it. Let's look at it again. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's he, he's pretty wide right here, but like right here, that right hand is swat. So now it really makes Malata drop that left foot to recover, and now it gives him a short corner as he rips. So now he's like right there on, on Jalen. And Jalen tries to do what, you know, he's supposed to do, step up. But, you know, he's got pressure in his face from Tank Lawrence. You see, like they ran this stunt. With Lawrence, he's trying to pick Kelsey. And they run this twist right there. So there's no place to step up, and now Mikey can finish the job. And he's always got that hand. In, like, even as he goes around, swatting at the football. Like, he's so in tune with the football. Well, even in the run game, like, you watch him right here against uh, Stoll, Jack Stoll here. Like, his ability to go inside from Goddard. All right? Now he's inside. Now to go back outside mm. and chase the ball down. Yeah, look at that. Like, he comes all the way inside on both tight ends and comes back outside and takes Swift down. You know, like, that speed, change of direction, the agility, like, it's, he's really second to none like that. Uh, the pursuit is just scary. Like, he, you know, you want to talk about, you know, going after prey. He knows but, how but to do it. Like I mentioned, like, he really spent time in the weight room this year. He worked with Andrew Whitworth in the offseason. And so, like, Malata's in good shape, but he's giving him his chest here. And so now he's going to take the chest with that long arm. And, like, look, Jordan is 385 pounds. He's as strong and powerful as anybody in this league. And, like, he still gets – Yeah. Jalen still has to avoid him at the end, you know, and he ends up throwing an errant throw. This is – this is sick. Like, you know, look – Look at this, that move. But I'm saying he's attacking everybody. So, you know, the left guard right here is a backup. Like, that swat move, that swim move right here – but look at the feet. The feet is what's so scary, right? Like, he's got the power to swim. With the feet, it's almost like a basketball move, like where you're Cross breaking over. angles and breaking ankles. Yeah, well, he also, you know, was a, was a wrestling champion in the state of Pennsylvania. So his footwork, yeah, like in, you know, it, he just has great, great balance. It's hard to knock him off his feet. And even like a lot of guys would lose, they'd lose control of their bodies right there. But he's totally under control. You know, to take down Bryce, he never had a chance in that game. And then, you know, they run these twist stunts like this with him and Tank Lawrence here. So he's coming right down the middle. That's the most direct path to a quarterback. And so Bryce Young right now, like, I mean, he, he's just kind of frozen. He's, got no, he's, got no he's on him so fast. Yeah, he's got no chance. Yeah, he's just on him so fast. You know, and and, so, and it's like they always say about eight got pressure quarterbacks. And it's the most it's direct the, route. It's the worst thing because when they're seeing you, well, they can't avoid you, right? And there is that moment you just talk about freezing, where you're more going to freeze instead of feeling it. You just freeze. Well, look, they had a game plan this year when they played the Rams. The Eagles did on Aaron Donald, and really what they ended up doing was Kelsey decided the best thing to do was wherever Aaron Donald went like for him to travel with them and put a double on Aaron Donald, no matter where he goes. Now I've seen all kinds of different things of Micah Parsons, but if you try to overdo it, it, it take Lawrence can beat you and Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler, other guys can win um, when teams try to triple or slide or do all the things they do to Micah. It's pretty relentless, but it can open up things for Jonathan Hankins or Odigazua or, you know, some of these other guys. 
So when we when we think about this game, uh, important for the Cowboys too, because look, the Cowboys know the same thing, which is they've beaten one team with a winning record at Seattle, and you know if you were to stay alive in this race, they have a daunting schedule. But if you want to stay alive, uh, you got to beat Philadelphia. And you have not been able to beat them in, the, in this kind of situation. Well, you always are trying to build your team to win in your division. So the Eagles have been, you know, the champions of this division now. Um, and so you build your team around trying to beat the Eagles. And, you know, this is this game goes a long ways to saying that we're on the same level as the Eagles. We're better than the Eagles. Um, the statistics and all the things that they'll throw at you on Sunday night, like, it really doesn't make any difference. It's really about execution right here. And, you know, for the Eagles, I mean, if you go to the other side here, the Eagles defense, they had no answer for C.D. Lamb in the first game. And really, not many people do. If you try to play him in man coverage, like even if you put Darius Slay, which he, he did play him for a chunk of the game, if you put Slay on him, like C.D. Lamb is just that good right now. You, you, you can't put Kevin Byer or Sidney Brown or Reed Blankenship you can't, you, you know, Eli Ricks, you can't put these guys on CD. He sees that. He's just going to tear it apart. Now, I will say this, though. The Eagles were able to get to Dak. There, you mentioned earlier five sacks. Mm-hmm. Like, they pressured him. So, you know, again, I, I, I'm curious to see what that front can do. It's, to me, the Eagles are going to go defensively, obviously, as their front goes. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they need that front. Well, you know, how, you, know, look, you know Howie. Howie doesn't put a lot of money into the linebackers. We'll see. I don't think Shaq Leonard's going to have much of a say. Zach Cunningham will come back this week. They signed Shaq this week. Maybe he gets on the field some for some packages. But like their resources go into their defensive line. They have to play big. Hassan Reddick has got to beat Terrence Steele. You know, uh, Josh Sweat. Like they've got to go challenge uh, Tyron Smith inside. Jalen Carter. Look, I mean, I thought Tyler Smith played him really good the first game. But, you know, we've been bragging about Jalen Carter and his talent. Like, it's time to, like, unleash it now. Yeah. He's got to, yeah. he's got to be a difference maker on yeah. Sunday. Um, you know, Fletcher has always had his battles with Zach Martin. Um, and Zach can, you know, basically uh, lock up anybody. But, you know, you know, Jalen Carter wants to be a great player in this league. Like, you know, you're, you're in the 14th week. It's time to go make a statement. So, uh, ultimately, how do you think this game winds up? Well, I like I, I just like the way the Cowboys are playing. I just think offensively right now they are attacking the right way and they're protecting Dak, and I think they're they're just executing better right now than what the Eagles are. They're taking the ball away. Um, the Eagles aren't. You know, Deron Bland has more interceptions than the Eagles as an entire team. You know, and that that doesn't really mean anything um, in this particular game. But the Cowboys are playing better complementary football right now than the Eagles are. So this is – I think the Eagles need this game every bit as much as the Cowboys do. Well, listen, Eagles win this game, they, then they have this stranglehold on the number one overall seed. And ultimately, that's what they're playing for. And listen, they can lose this game and still go on and get the number one seed because this back end of the schedule with the Giants twice in Arizona it is very favorable. Mm-hmm. No, this is – I mean, this is basically the, the last roadblock to the number one seed for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All eyes Sunday night. Birds, Cowboys. All right. Another great game in Baltimore on Sunday. We, you know, we didn't talk much about the Rams. Uh, we had that down that we wanted to touch on. You know, quietly, the Rams are winning games. Now they get Stafford back. He got some health. Uh, we saw Puka, who is uh, who's terrific. All of a sudden, it's not about Cooper Cup, but it's about Puka. No doubt. I mean, there's a big separation between Puka and the next leading receiver, which is Tutu Atwell. Uh, this Demarcus Robinson is coming on here the last three weeks, four weeks. But really, the key to me, and they've won three in a row right now. They're playing very good football. Uh, they've got a very young roster, especially on defense. A lot of, you know, Byron Young and Kobe Turner. Some of these guys are really playing good football right now. Matt Hecht. Uh, to go with Aaron Donald, who's still playing at an incredible level. But I think right now, the key is Kyron Williams. Now, Kyron Williams, man, we the can't running get back. away from the Notre Dame guys, man. We had Joe Order. Yeah. We're going to have Joe Theismann on. You're going to see that interview. Well, and look, I mean, they, Kyron. I, Kyron, I, Kyron. I, I call um, Sound the Siren Kyron. 
Because, no, I love it. Yeah. Sound the siren, Kyron. Like, That's fantastic. I mean, like, stats are stats. But, I mean, every time. Nah, he's a terrific But runner, every time man. this year that he's gotten 15 carries or more, the Rams have won. They're 5-0 and when he gets 15-plus carries. And, you know, he's getting those carries because they're in control. They're not too far behind. It, you know, it's a tight game. They're, they're balancing it up. He's healthy. Um, you know, uh, Matt doesn't – Stafford doesn't have to drop back every play. And so he bounces up. Plus, he's really good. He's a really good player, and he's an excellent receiver. So, look, I'm, look. the Ravens have the number one defensive football. They're a very good run defense. They've, they're rested. Uh, but that doesn't mean the Rams can't – and we'll see what the weather's like. It's supposed to be yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty nasty, yeah. But, like, we'll see. But, I, I, look, you're, they're getting the Rams playing good football. So, if they beat them, it's, it's good for the Ravens. They'll be the prohibitive favorite probably to be the number one seed if they do. But if, if the Rams go in there and play good – Challenge them, win. It's not going to surprise me. All right. So then, we have the rebats of the rebats of the rebatch. Mm-hmm. And this would be Bills and Chiefs, and uh, it's a fascinating game because the last time we saw Buffalo mm-hmm. was off the bye week, right? They right were by the bye against Philly, and they outplayed the Eagles for a long period of time. Yeah, but just couldn't outlast them. Couldn't Eagles finish. offense. Came alive in the second half. Mm-hmm. Bills go down. And that had to be a long two weeks yeah. for Buffalo. Well, they've done a lot of things. You know, they've changed offensive coordinators. Joe Brady's the play caller now. Uh, they did put up 31 against Philadelphia, losing overtime. And what I saw was we saw a tremendous performance from Josh Allen. And they're running the ball better up front. And those two guards they brought in are, are playing good football. And I just think Josh has to just say, to hell with protecting the body. Like, he's just got to be a part of the run game. He's run for nine touchdowns this year, all right? He's averaging over five and a half yards a carry. Like, when he runs the ball, whether it's designed, scrambles, he sees something against the blitz, like, they got to let him go. Just let him go because he's a great runner. He's not a good runner. He's a great runner. And, you know, he plays the game fearlessly. And I think it just makes it more difficult to defend this team when he does it. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I completely agree with you. Now, uh, Chiefs wise, you stumble a bit in, in Green Bay. Your st- offense still does not look right. Now we all know that was a PI at the end of that Packer game, mm-hmm. but the their offense and they ran the ball and Andy stayed with the run. He ran Pacheco on Sunday night. But how do you fix? Is it fixable? We've said this a couple of times on this show. Can you fix this Chiefs offense, those receivers? What do you do? Well, I think they got to morph a little bit here because uh, I, I think they got to morph into a power running game. You know, Pacheco's having a great season, and he's averaging almost five yards a carry. They're very good to power running game. They showed that in the Super Bowl in the second half against the Eagles when they ran for 119 yards in the second half and took control of the game. And it's – like, you, I don't know that you want to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands. You never want to do that. He's just that great. But, you know, when they're, you know, when they're throwing it to Sky Moore and some of these guys and they're not getting open and they're not getting to the spot and there's a miscommunication in cases, like, I have no problem handing it off to Pacheco. I know, you know, Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith inside. They're going to start a rookie left tackle, um, you know, which – might be a little daunting against Buffalo's pass rush in Patrick Mahomes. So, I, like Wanye Morris. So, uh, you know, I just think right now, maybe, and this is what Andy likes to do, but maybe lean on the run game more than what they have done. Yeah, I, I and I hear you, and you're right, but you still have to throw it at some point. Yeah. Who do you trust? You got Kelsey, you got Rice. Do you trust anybody else? Well, if Jet McKinnon gets back, I, I trust him. Well, I, out of the backfield, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Justin, Watson, Justin Watson, a little bit more than some of the other guys. You know, um, Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore. You know, I trust them a little bit more. Um, What's Tony deal? Because Kadarius Tony has legit speed. Now, yeah. we saw him uh, drops earlier in the year. But what 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 is it about him? Why how he how come he has I don't not know that they really understand. I mean, he's sort of a gadget player. 
Like he's not really a guy, I think, that's a disciplined route runner. You know, I'm not saying that he isn't, but I that's what I feel like when I watch him. And the way that they use him on some of these gadget-type plays, I feel like that's what he has sort of asserted himself at right now. Hmm. All right. Coming up next, we're going to gotta do a little rapid fire for the rest of the Sunday card. It's the All City All NFL Podcast. All right, uh, Baldy, coming up, we're going to have uh, Joe Theismann, your old buddy. Yeah. All right. Uh, of course, the great Joe Theismann, speaking of Notre Dame. So we'll talk to Joe coming up in just a moment. But first, let's go through the rest of the card. A little rapid okay. fire through some of the later games that we have. Tampa at Atlanta. What are you looking for? Atlanta looks like they're starting to separate. You know, I mean, I, they struggled against the Jets. The quarterback has to be better. But I know the offensive line, you know, especially Chris Lindstrom, the way he's playing this year, like they want to run the football. And that's supposed to be uh, Tampa's strength is sort of defending that right now. Um, defensively, Atlanta is, is, is a pretty good football team. They're, they've cracked the top 10, top 10 defensive teams right now. So I feel like this is Atlanta's game right now. Hmm. Uh, we get to see Browning again. We're like excited about that. Yeah. We talked about him a lot yesterday. And uh, so Indianapolis, who, again, credit to, to Shane Steichen, who has just done a great job. So Colts, Bengals, and, you know, short week, can, can, can Browning do it again? Can he replicate? Well, that's a question. That's a question to duplicate the performance that we just witnessed. Um, regardless, I like the way Indianapolis is playing. This is probably the best opponent they've had in a little while, but they've won four or five in a row right now, and they're in the playoff hunt. Minshew. And you look at, you know, Gardner's played really good. Um, all these, the, the, both these receivers, whether it's, you know, Pittman or whether it's Pierce, like they both are playing really good football. Um, they're playing a bunch of young tackles in there, a rookie and a second-year guy. They seem to be fine. Um, you know, Zach Moss is is – more than capable of handling the load at running back. I like the Indianapolis' defensive front. Yeah. I like the way they're playing, the way they're pressuring the quarterback. Houston at the Jets. So the Texans, um, no tank, though. That's a tough loss. Man. It is a tough loss. But, you know, they, they've played without, uh, you know, some other receivers this Nico, year. Nico was out Nico for a while. Nico was out for a while, and he just rebounded, you know, yeah. had 200 yards the other day receiving and, they play without Damian Pierce and without their left guard, Titus Howard. They've, they've overcome their losses. But, look, Tank, Tank was special. You know, he helped win some of those games where they had to come back. Look, this is Zach Wilson's, like, last hurrah. You know, this is it. Like, I mean, if he loses this game like he's done in New York, they're out of the playoffs. They'll I don't know what they're going to do if Aaron's coming back or what, what the situation is. But I, I feel like he could play himself into – a position still in New York if they could win this game and certainly a position within the league. But he's got he's got a chance, okay, to be able to I'm not saying redeem himself. I think they're past the redemption stage. But maybe he's not that bad. Like just maybe he's not that bad. Maybe there is something to, you know, to what Aaron Rodgers says about him. Like I see the look, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I know defensively the Jets will play great. Like, I know they'll match you up said with it, I You said something that was so smart, which is like after a while when you get that kind of quarterback play, you just give up faster. Well, yeah, and, but it's it, not, and you're not doing it, like, knowingly. Yeah, it's but even like last nature, week, even last week, Atlanta was trying to – it's two minutes to go in the game. It's third and two. Atlanta's just trying to run the ball and get the hell out of there and get back to Atlanta. And the Jets stuffed them on third and two. Got the ball one more time back to the offense to try to get a touchdown to win it, and they couldn't do it. So, you know, look, it's it's ugly. It's been awful. They've had a lot of home games up there in New York this year, a lot of disappointing losses. But I have a feeling like the Jets are going to put one together this week. Wow. Sounds like Baldy goes Jets is a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. Uh, yeah, I love when he gets cocky. Don't put any money on it, but yeah. No, no, we don't talk about it like that. So, uh, Bears and Lions. So, remember – these teams met a few weeks ago. Uh, Bears had them beat in Detroit. Lions, yes, frenetic comeback. Now it goes outdoors in Chicago. 
So Chicago was up 26-14 with six minutes to go, and they lost the game. They following week, they beat Minnesota 12 to 10. All right, all field goals. And then they had the bye week. But the team has improved. They, you know, they they need wins to prove, to really prove to the outside world that they're improving. Defensively, I've got very little doubt they'll play well against Detroit. Now, Detroit rebounded last week. They jumped out to a 21-0 lead in the first 10 minutes of the game. Game got close, Orleans, though. And they got close. They couldn't put them away. Um this is Justin Fields is playing good football. I like Justin Fields. You know, they got a decision to make a quarterback when this thing is all said and done. We'll see if they make a decision at the coaching staff when it's all said and done this year. I, I believe that this team has improved, though, and I think they'll prove it against Detroit this week. All right, Minnesota and the Raiders. Vikings coming off their bye yep. against the Raiders. Vikings still alive. Raiders coming off a bye. Um, they played much better defensively. They had a good game against Miami. They played much better defensively recently. Uh, my, my, my buddy, uh, Max Crosby, is, will be healthy for this game. Man, Max, it's yeah. our boy. Yeah, the, the Condor. Uh, I just don't know right now. Like, I, I, I noticed where uh, they've, they've named the quarterback all set in Minnesota. So, you know, they're going to stay with Josh Dobbs. Uh, which I think is a good thing. I think you have to do that. I, I think it's the right thing to do. I, I like Minnesota defensively a lot. I love what Brian Flores is doing. And I do think that uh, Justin Jefferson will be back. And I'm anxious to see just how fresh and explosive he is after that terrible hamstring injury. By the way, you know, we talk about coaches all the time who deserves some look at. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that I think, Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. He's, played, he's done a fantastic job with their defense. Like, I think they're going to give the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell a lot to handle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. The uh, the rematch of Thanksgiving evening, uh, it was no contest in Seattle. The Niners all over the Seahawks. Now they come back, this time even worse, in San Francisco. Seattle feeling better about itself after playing Dallas toe-to-toe. Well, I mean, it helped that. D.K. Metcalf had three touchdowns. Yeah. You know, and they, they really couldn't guard him. I, I think San Francisco will do a better job against D.K. than than that what we saw against Dallas. Um, I'm going to be out there for that game. I, I feel like San Francisco is rolling, and Seattle's just in the way right now. And just their level of execution on all phases, I'd be surprised if it stops or if it slows down. But look, Seattle knows them. They played them well in a playoff game last year. Uh, Pete Carroll's a good coach. They have a lot of good young players. I just don't think they're anywhere near. I don't think their defense near. can stop them either. I think their defense is an issue. I, I love – I'm with you with Spoon. I think they have some decent young players, but not enough. They're still building that side of the football, and I just think against that team, go lock. I think San Francisco rolls. Yeah, so do I. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the – Oh, by the way, you're going to be out there real quick. I'm going to be in San Francisco, and then I'll be in Miami on Monday night. Oh, double bubble baldy. Yeah. A double bubble baldy. Real quick. Mm-hmm. We're eating that Saturday night in San Fran. I don't even know. Like, I got, you know, our buddy. Like, who are you hanging with? I think the Hagian's going to take me out. Love Matt. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the program director at 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Give a yo to Matt. Yeah. But that's, oh, that'll Matt. be early. He's a early guy. You know? Yeah, I, he's not late. I got, I got a, you know. You got your, I got, yeah. your other crew. That's just a warm-up. Yeah. That's a warm-up. Yeah, I'm curious to see where you like. Yeah, where, where do you like to go in, in San Fran? Well, you know, Union Square has always been good. Yeah, like the the places around there, yeah. that's always fine. You got the great restaurants. Yeah, great restaurants. I mean, but you can go I can down see to Boldy the Wolf. and uh, I can see Boldy on a little wine country Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that actually, that could possibly happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you ever seen the movie Sideways? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, I could see uh, you and I. And, and, yeah, we could uh, be. I could. I could head up to Napa. Yeah. on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. No Merlot. Yeah, all right. Uh, Denver and the Chargers. So Sean Payton. Boy, wait, then he's going to Miami. Andrew, that's our producer, Andrew Frazier. How about this? He's going to Miami after that. Yeah, uh, I got to catch the red eye. Go to Miami. That's nice. do the Monday night game. Are you going to come back at all? No, no, I don't blame you. All right, Denver. Me remote I, next I, week. And the truck. I don't blame you. I would. I would just. Well, yeah. Bully's got his condo in Lauderdale. Yeah. That uh, that his boy here is going to go come to Yeah, soon. it's a, it's it's wide open for you, Cos. Yeah. Denver and the Chargers. Yeah. Um, 
Peyton feeling good about himself. Let one slip away. Tough game, but that chance to win that game. I last think week. that they're going to beat the Chargers. I, I do too. I think they're better coached. I know. I think they're better coached. Big win against New England. I think Sean Payton has been simmering all week after losing to that one against Houston, where they had chances. They they got a fumble out there. It was laying on the ground. They didn't recover it. Russell throws a couple interceptions late. Um, you know they didn't run the ball. I think like I think they can, and the Chargers. I think they beat themselves a lot. Obviously, you know, they pitched a shutout last week. And Khalil Mack is up for player of the year, defense player of the year. 15 sacks, leads the league. Five forced fumbles. Got another one last week. I mean, he's playing great football. But I just feel like Denver's just better coached. And I think the pain of that loss last week to Houston is, uh, you know, got them focused this week. In this division game, they got to win their division. They've beaten Kansas City. Like, they're beating the Raiders. Like, they've got to keep winning in their division. And I kind of think, I don't know about you, but I kind of think the Chargers are kind of starting to wither. Yeah. It's just, they're just a hard team to figure out because they just don't play to their talent level. They just break down too frequently. Yeah, they do. They do that. All right. A uh, couple things. One, don't forget, Monday night is a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. You got the Dolphins and the Titans. Yep. Uh, Green Bay and, and, and the, the Giants. Giants is the only, the only thing I don't like, Baldy, is that they're all at the same time. Yeah, I know. Like we're not like that. We <laughs> we we want to see stagger. Well, like you know, if you have like you know the proper you know man cave, then you got a TV on ABC over here, and you got a TV on ESPN, and you're watching them together. I don't have a proper man cave. All right. Well, I mean, create one. Like, let me screens do no, we have in l- here? Listen, I can create one. I I will watch them both. But I still like – like They should the, stagger them. One should be at yeah, seven. I, I just one wanna, should be at, at nine. I, I enjoy – like, I, I like – I stay – like, during a commercial, you know what I do? Instead of flipping channels, I go back to certain plays. Okay. To kind of look all at right. – Hold on. First of all, I have to, to prepare the for The Cubs breakdowns? Well, I have to prepare for us. Yeah. Listen, if you ever – you know, I've, I've, I always lobby to Boldy. That if he never needs me, I'm like his. his <laughs> I'm, I'm like his intern. Like they should have these games. That are like we've got seven yeah. screens. I know. Here. You know, I just know. put them on every screen. Well, I, I'm with you. All right. Uh, oh, look who's here. How about it? One of the Our greats, <clears throat> Joe Seisman. Thiesman. <laughs> Rhymes with Thiesman. <laughs> <laughs> Baldy, look who it is! It's the great Joe Feisman. Oh, Joe, shut up. what's up, my friend? No, it's Good my, to see it's, that it's smiley Baldi. face of yours, brother. It's Baldy's partner. That's who it is. Yeah, <laughs> and you, can tell, you can tell by looking at us who lives in Florida and who doesn't. <laughs> you got that right, Joe. You got that tan. Hey, I know. My, my taxes are a lot lower than yours, Joe. Oh no, I'm in Tennessee. All right, hey. all right. We we and both we are fighting the same. We both fighting the same uh, rat out there. What am I doing? I'm in Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Our roots are always there, though. (laughs) So um, let's just talk to start with uh, these young quarterbacks. And, like, I'm dying to hear how you see what's going on with C.J. Stroud in Houston and Brock Purdy in San Francisco and and some of the just the, the great quarterback play by these young players. There's, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud is just really, I mean, he's a runaway rookie of the year, as far as I'm concerned, at, mm-hmm. at, at that position. And I don't know why Brock Purdy's name hasn't come up in conversation about being a league MVP. No doubt. I mean, Jalen Hurst certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Dak Prescott deserves to be in the conversation. But why not Brock Purdy? No. I mean, you know, you, you see what he did uh, the other night. I mean, and you saw what this football team did without him. So I think that's sort of sometimes the way you have to evaluate guys is what do they look like without that person? What do they look like with that person? And I think his name has to come up in the conversation as well. And then the other one, I think Tariq Hill, if you leave him out of the conversation, you're doing a grave injustice to every position in football that is considered, quote, unquote, the most valuable. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee you the Miami Dolphins would not be where they are without Tariq Hill. Right. So it, it, it opens a lot of different avenues. And I know we got off the question a little bit, but I just counted. I just looked at the uh, the teams in the league. I counted 14 teams that either have a new quarterback or started the season and made a change. Yep. Half the league, half almost half the league are now running with 
quarterbacks and guys that people better become. Tommy DeVito, you better become familiar with them. <laughs> You're right. Um, you know, all these different individuals, the Jets, the Jets have a roll index of quarterbacks. I know. And they, they pick one and throw it out. Oh, okay, okay, we'll throw this one out. Well, let's go back to Zach. I hope Zach, I hope Zach comes out and plays good football and gives the Jets a chance to be able to say maybe yeah. Just maybe we can go forward because, you know, Aaron, if he comes back next year, it won't be much more after that. So they're going to have to go. Look. They're going to have to find a quarterback, Joe. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, the other thing, too, when you're like Bryce Young and you're taken by the Carolina Panthers, when you're a number one draft pick in the National Football League, in all likelihood, your football team needs a heck of a lot more than just you. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you see in Carolina. I mean, their offensive line is an issue. Washington, they spend four number one picks on defensive linemen, and two of them are gone because you can't pay them. Right. So it's almost like you have to draft by economics nowadays, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, who can we pay if they're good going forward? Four defensive linemen, four number one picks. Eventually, this day was going to come. Joe, we watched the other night Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals take down Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. And he's never started, Joe. Like, he, well, it's his second start. But yeah, second he's start, never yeah. played, Joe, in six years in this league. Like, just the, the benefits of – now, I don't know what's going to happen, Joe. We, none of us do. Like, can he, can he repeat that performance? Can he come close to that performance? The ball never right. hit the ground. But I'm just wondering, Joe, like, we're never going to get that time again where a guy can just sit and learn, are we? Like, these guys no. get drafted. They feel like they got to play him. But I know – there's a benefit to sitting and watching, Joe. There absolutely is, Baldy. I, I think, you know, you look at Steve Young. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, you, you, you look at Jordan Alex Love, Smith. Joe, right Jordan now. Jordan Love. Love's the beneficiary of that. Same thing. I mean, first of all, you have to learn how to be a professional. College is totally different than preparing yep. every day. Then there's the amount of games that you play. I, it was really funny, just on the sidebar a little bit. You know, we played 16 games. And I thought that was a lot. Yeah. But when they added this 17th game, it just, I don't know, for me, maybe it's just for me. I don't know what it was like for you. It seems so much longer. Huh. That extra game just, and now, now we're going to go into the playoffs. So, you know, you're going to, it just goes on and on and on. And you physically have to stay prepared for it. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see guys sit because, number one, look around the league. There aren't enough. Joe Flacco is starting. Carson Wentz is, is, is on a roster. Um, these are guys that the league really didn't consider part of it anymore. Right. And then all of a sudden now, now you're on a roster and, and you're starting and playing football. Um, I really think that because we don't have enough quarterbacks, we're forced into situations where ownership wants to see them play. Ownership wants to see them develop. It isn't an, the funny thing about young quarterbacks in this league. It's not about economics anymore because we got the rookie cap. Right. So it's it isn't a question of saying, "Wow, man, we better get him out of here because we're playing paying him eighty million dollars." That's not the case anymore. Now you have to go out. Now you know if you're lucky to get to a get to a good football team. I think C.J. Stroud wound up in a very good situation. That that nucleus of that football team of the Texans was pretty damn good. Yeah. They ran the ball well. They played good defense. I, I think of Ben Roethlisberger when he was a rookie in Pittsburgh and won a Super Bowl. There were a lot of great pieces around him when he got there. It wasn't all on his shoulders. I think Bryce had a has a, a, a big load to bear. And, and you know, still the question, his size. You know, it, it, can he play at that size? That's the question. Um, but, Joe, like that, you, 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 you are a similar height to Bryce Young. You're thicker than, than him. Yeah. You were and, and you were a punt returner, Joe. You were used to getting hit. I mean, you know, all that. You you played in a different era, but Joe, there's guys that have played the game that are five foot ten, five. You know, that are under six feet. Let's just say, yeah. Some guys play big, Joe. When I watch Bryce Young, he looks small. He plays small to me. Does it well, appear yeah, that I, way to you? Yeah, you know, when he came out, I, I think I think some of the Alabama guys don't really get a feel for what the game is truly like because they play with so many great players at Alabama. Yeah. Offensive line, defensive line, running backs. Look at look at the wide receivers that have come into this league in the last like four or five years from Alabama. Yeah. They're lighting it up. I mean, they're awesome football players. So you have this around you. 
And, 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 you know, you drop back down there in Alabama. I mean, I watch games where he stood back there for five, six, seven seconds right. and, and, and no pressure. Now it's an entirely different game. The defensive lineman can run like you can. You're not going to run away from anybody. And, and this is what I talk about. I think he has a chance and certainly will get better. How much that depends on what goes on around him. But when you're a rookie, Anthony Richardson, you know, thinks he can run around and take hits at the NFL. Now he's yeah. on IR for the rest of the year. Yeah, you got two of the two of the. Th- uh, well, you know, you've got, I, and I like I say, I think CJ is just physically he was there, ability to throw the football, he was there. Uh, I think Bryce. I'm hoping that Bryce will have a chance to be able to develop as that team protects him a little bit more and has a chance to develop. But Baldy, we just don't have quarterbacks. No, you know, and and you know, it's like the kid in Cincinnati. Maybe he's that next, that next uh, Tom Brady, where nobody really gives you a lot of credit, and all of a sudden, injury provides the opportunity for you to showcase your skills. Now you become valued, and hopefully, Joe will be able to come back. Yeah. Be able to be the quarterback that everybody expects him to be. Certainly, he wants to be as a, as a great quarterback in this league. Not a good one, but a great one. Um, but he's been injured so much, and you right. keep losing time. Time time is of the essence in the NFL. Time to practice. Time to play. Without those, you can't get better. And the other thing too, like when you brought those Bama quarterbacks, is the windows were so big that you had to throw. You talk about great receivers. You have a great, you have great protection. So therefore, the windows are going to be wide open. Whereas, and that's really what's impressed us about, you know, watching Purdy and and CJ really those two guys in particular because the windows aren't they like they're throwing the spots like they're 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 playing that position at its complete evolution of it. I want to talk about two diametrically opposite players in that vein. Tua in Miami, Josh Allen in Buffalo. Josh Allen's got as big an arm as anybody in football. Tough to throw, tough to throw into holes when you throw at the velocity that he throws with, because the ball is going to pass through the holes before the receivers ever get there. <laughs> okay. Tua on the other side has great anticipation of where the players are going to be. Yeah. And that off, I tell you, Mike does a terrific job down there in Miami with that offense. It's creative. It's fun to watch. You know, he's, he's like, he's like that young Andy Reed where they're going to, he's going to come up with something where you're going to watch a game and go, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, but I, I, the whole thing, Purdy and great anticipation, knowledge of the defense you're throwing against and knowledge of your people. Tua, same exact situation. Like I say, Josh Allen to me is the is the biggest enigma we have in football. So much talent, but yet decisions have killed him. Yeah. Our game's about decisions and being able to get the ball out of your hand in a decisive manner. If you want to be a quarterback, you be decisive. You make good decisions. You have a chance to be successful. You don't need a big arm. People have this misconception about throwing go patterns as an yeah. example. All right. The ball's got to be out of your hands when the receiver's approximately 12 to 15 yards down the field. Yep. You don't you don't see goes thrown right. where the, the receiver's the ball's not in the air 50 yards, yo. No, it's not because you get people to catch up. But I, I think being decisive and making good decisions with the ball in your hand is pre is a prerequisite to be able to play the quarterback position. Joe, let's let's go to your team. Let's go to the Washington Commanders. There was a time when Mike was there, Mike Shanahan, and yep. Kyle was there, and Kevin O'Connell, and Matt LaFleur. Like, all these guys were there. Sean McVay. Sean, Sean McVay was there. I mean, there was a think tank. They're all working their little cubicles there. Did you get any sense, Joe, just being around that team as much as you were then, announcing all their preseason games, all that, did you get a sense that the, the incumbent to when Mike stepped down was there Inside the building already? Not really, Baldy. I, that, that's, I mean, we see what these guys have become. Great football minds. Some of the best, some of the best play callers in football today of all the 32 teams. That group is, you know, they're part of the best that, that I think operates this game. But you don't know it because, you know, their, their roles are in a diminished capacity. They have input, but you never really know exactly how creative they are. Yeah, because you know you have a head coach that that controls the situation like Mike did. 
Mm-hmm. Mike had a great staff. And, and you look at, you know, not too many people. People look at Belichick's staff and the people that have gone and coached and they haven't had a lot of success. But yeah, you look at the guys that were in Washington and we named, yeah. what, five? Yeah. That are all doing really all well. Doing well. But, but you don't, you just don't know until you get out there and start to call plays. Um, and and the, maybe the timing wasn't right for them to be elevated to the position of head coach or given that opportunity. Uh, they, they had to become, you know, you, you pay your dues. You have to become a coordinator. Or, you know, in some cases like John Harbaugh, for example, with the Ravens, I mean, he was a special teams coach. Yep. Do right. you know there's only one other coach besides the head coach that addresses the entire team? Of all the coaches on a staff, yeah, there's only one coach that talks to everybody. Teams. That's right. And I think that I think that foundation really has given John, you know, what a terrific job he's done. Mm-hmm. And their general manager. I mean, like I said, you look at Washington, you draft defensive linemen, number one, number one, number one, number one. Reminds me of the Detroit Lions when they drafted wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, number one, number one. You know, I mean, it's like um, sooner or later, back then it didn't catch up like to you like it will today, like it certainly has today, to be honest with you. So what's your what do you think needs to be done in Washington? Like, what is Josh Harris, whom we know, like, what, what does he have to do, do you think? Like, what's your best advice to just kind of resuscitating your franchise? First of all, I think he's doing it. He has engaged a lot of the alumni. They call us quote unquote legends. Uh, I was honored a couple of weeks ago at a giant game. John Riggins has been honored. Uh, you know, he really has engaged the fans. Those stadium, that stadium has been sold out for the first time in many, many years, you know, 20 plus years. A lot of Dolphin fans last week, Joe. Yeah, and, and usually there's the Giant fans and usually the Eagle fans. You know, they're, they're, they make the trip down 95 and they buy the tickets. But there are a lot more Redskins, or excuse me, Commander fans now um, than, than there were. So, you know, that's first of all. Secondly, you have to let the season play out and see what you need mm-hmm. and see who's available uh, for your football team, both as players, coaches, whatever. You have to evaluate it over an entire year. People ask me about Sam Howell in the beginning of the season. I said, I don't know. He played one game at the end of right. the year. What do you know about somebody? I know something about Sam now. He's got to make better decisions when he's under pressure with the ball in his hands. That's number one. Number two, he's a tough guy. He's gotten the living daylight speed out of him. You, you Don't count the sacks. I, I did this. I did uh, Neil Cavuto's show the other day. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back, which, by the way, he shouldn't. Um, the Jet quarterbacks prior to this weekend had been sacked 47 times. They'd been hit 86 times. Yeah. How did Aaron Rodgers wind up getting hurt on a sack? Yeah. No way he should go back on that football field until they fix the problem that's up front. And that's that's their offensive line. We have a similar problem in Washington. Sam doesn't have a chance. You know, how do you evaluate somebody when they don't have a chance but take a snap and, and run for their life? So, and when he does, he does a good job of hanging in there. Mm-hmm. I like his toughness. I like the way he throws the football. You know, if you were to change and get away from Eric Bieniemy, then all of a sudden you're putting in another new offense, another learning process. Um, I, I, you know, defensively, the football team has got holes in it. Offensively, the line is, is a struggle and an issue. I think we have a terrific young running back. I think our receivers are really good. Yep. Our quarterback, I think, is solid at this point and gets a chance to grow. But other than that, you know, you, you know, Josh has got to do what he's doing. Take the time to evaluate, figure out what you need, and then go forward. Did you, did you realize how great the Hogs were at the time? Like, did you, like, oh, take yeah. us back to, like, to that, those days, how, you know, and, and you with that line and, and how much. And I know you took great care of them, too. Oh, they took care of me. I mean, Joe Bugle was unbelievable as a coach, too. You can't, you know, we, we like to talk about players and, and how, how great they are, and they are. So we have so many great ones in this league. But the people that are sort of the unsung heroes are the coaches that teach the players. Baldy and I were having this conversation before we went on the air here. I talked to him. I said, the most undisciplined group of players in the National Football League are wide receivers because they don't have to be disciplined after five yards. You look at the you look at Christian McCaffrey put a move on a linebacker. Yeah. You know, he's three yards open. Yeah. Hey, that's easy to throw a ball to. But then you watch other running backs that just come out and circle around and and don't really work to get open. It makes it harder on the quarterback. It makes it harder on the guy to get the ball. 
players are used to not getting hit after five yards. And, and they're used to not fighting a lot for the ball. They, you know, oh, a flag, a flag, he grabbed me, grabbed me. We never, we never got those calls. Yeah. Our guy, our never got those calls. Yeah. It was a fist fight at the line of scrimmage. Same thing with Gary, same thing with Ricky. Same thing with Alvin and Virgil, all those guys. They, you, had to, you fought for everything to get open. And you were really, you were a taskmaster at your trade, which was getting open. These 50-50 balls drive me crazy. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was, I grew up in an era where we threw to the open receiver. Yeah. Gee, what a novel idea. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a novel idea. But, but that to me is on the receivers to, to make it easier for the quarterback, make it easier on yourself so yeah. that you become a more open target. I say all the time, Joe, like you, you can't play in the NFL receiver if you can't beat man coverage. And I watch all these guys, Joe, and they don't do anything to beat man coverage. Maybe they're fast or maybe they're big, but they still don't beat these guys. I'm like, well, what's the quarterback supposed to do when he's dropping back and he doesn't see any separation anywhere? It's 50-50 balls. And, I mean, yeah, it's – I just – I never was at – I was never of the mindset to throw to a guy who's covered. You know, I had – we read routes. Like, for example, I, I never sat down on a Tuesday afternoon with Joe Gibbs and said, I like this play, I like that play. Yeah. Joe gave me the game plan and said, this is what we're going to run. You read the defense, you go to the right guy. Yeah. And, that, and that's really what it was. So our offense was set up with five opportunities, five options. My job was to find which one was the best suited for us. Got it. It wasn't like, well, you know, I, this in route, I'm not sure. I don't feel real comfortable. No, no. Get comfortable with everything. Okay. This is not, so, we're not playing pick a, pick a play. We're playing, you get comfortable with everything. Now, as the game goes, we'll find things that sort of fit into what's going on. Yeah. But then you ask about the offensive line. Man, I, I used to say all the time, I played out of the cradle of love. You know, it was. So I call the, it Joe, the cradle of love. <laughs> those guys were. Uh, I mean, you know it, Baldy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was, it, yeah, it's, if you if you can drop back, and you don't need more than three seconds, if you can drop back, plant your foot, you're reading the defense on the way back. Absolutely. So when you get back there, you better darn well make sure you want to get rid of the football. This is another thing about young kids, young guys coming into our game. They think they have more time. They feel pressure. They feel pressure coming from the front side, and they see the backside blocked up, and then they think they're going to be able to get away, not knowing that that backside guy is going to fight his rear end off to chase you. That's all part of the learning process. That's why we see, you know, that's why you see veterans have more success because you sort of have an idea what you're looking at and looking for. It's, Joe, it's fascinating. I have one last thing for you. The I, and I'm I'm I love this idea of how you see the game and the eyes of a quarterback, how, how, how has it changed? Is, is it more sophisticated now? You know, yeah. Option routes and everything else going on? It is. It is. It's a bit more sophisticated. I think, especially your outside rushers. Now, now we draft guys as, as edge rushers. Yeah. Yeah. That term, that term wasn't around when I played. No, they yeah, were linebackers or ends. They were, they were either linebackers or ends. You know, conceptually, you look at the 46 defense, took advantage of great athletes. Mm -hmm. I think that athletic group of that defense on, on the Bears, pff, unbelievable. Every one of them a great athlete. They're all I Hall mean, of Famers, Joe. They, yeah, there's a bunch of them, and, and they all deserve to be there. Yeah. Cowboys had that same group up front, you know, with Ed and Harvey and some of those other guys. The 49ers were the same way. The Giants were the same way. Um, but what's, what's unique is the complexity with which – Teams can play games up front. I mean, you bring people up. I mean, we used to, they used to walk people up and fire the A-gaps. I mean, you'd do that stuff. But now in the shotgun, yeah, I almost think you're at a little bit of a disadvantage because, you know, they're going to have a chance to be a free runner. You're going to get the ball, and you, you, you basically have to get rid of it. I mean, I've never worked out of a gun. I worked one game out of a gun, which I loved. But uh, th then – somebody snapped the ball over my head in the second game I played, and we never did it again. <laughs> I, won't, I won't mention Jeff Bostick's name. I'm not going to throw Jeff under the bus, okay? I'm not going to do that. But anyway, um, I just I really think that it's there's complexities in the game today, but you can find people. They only play with 11 on that side of the ball. And this is what drives me crazy. It's like 
you know, you've got third down and 22. I see more conversions of third down and 19 plus than I do of third and one. They, they block everybody off, Joe. Like, they're just like, they're, they're, like they're not going to actually try to run and get the first down after they run 10 don't, yards free. Don't give me a chance to let my receivers get to 19 yards. I know. All out of my hands. I see it's it every like, week, Joe. Every week. Oh, I know, Baldy. I watch. Hey, I love and I love your show, man. I love what you do. I I love the knowledge you impart. All right. Thanks to Joe Theismann. Uh, thanks to you guys. It's a football Friday. And it was been good, cuz my brother. Thank have you. a safe yeah. trip, thanks, Joe. All right. Yep. Safe trip. Uh, and then look, we'll see you on Monday. Baldy will be in Miami. We'll get you ready for the Monday night games. We'll talk about what transpired on Sunday. Oh man, that big. Eagles Cowboys game. Sunday night. Must see. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the football. See you Monday.